Wednesday the 9th of March 2022 was a sad day for Northern Ireland. That was the day the Assembly passed climate change legislation committing the region to net zero carbon emissions by 2050. A bill tabled by Agriculture and Environment Minister Edwin Poots passed its final stage in the Assembly Chamber and was subsequently given royal assent on the 6th of June. But in reality, folks, there is no climate emergency. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, we read, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Almighty God did not create a planet so fragile that the animals could destroy it with their belching and burping, yet there are fools sitting in churches who believe it. To understand what is happening, you need to realize that a new religion has taken the world by storm and its name is net zero. Put simply, net zero refers to the balance between the amount of greenhouse gas that's produced and the amount that's removed from the atmosphere. In reality, it's an irrational target that will impoverish people fuel inflation, help China, and won't even save the planet. As we think tonight about the subject of farming, it's amazing how often our Lord referred to farm animals in his teaching. For example, in Luke chapter 14, verse 19, the Saviour spoke of a farmer who declined an invitation to a great supper. I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. In our Lord's day, there was no such thing as a John Deere, or a New Holland, or a Massey Ferguson. So the farmer bought ten head of cattle for use in ploughing, and other tasks that needed done around the farm. But he made two mistakes. Firstly, He should have proved the animals before he made the purchase, not after. He should have taken them for a test drive, if you like. And his other mistake was to refuse the invitation to the supper. Make sure that you don't refuse the greatest invitation of all and make the biggest mistake of all by refusing the invitation that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to every one of us. We read off it in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The Saviour said, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But back to our subject for tonight. You see, folks, farming today is fast becoming public enemy number one, for the likes of Extinction Rebellion and Just Stop Oil, as well as those who pay these lowlifes to do what they do. Daft policies are being implemented and insane amounts of money are being spent to fix a problem that doesn't even exist. 
Yes, there is a war on farming, and in particular, livestock farming. We could cite many examples of this, but we only have time for a few. The first example I want to leave with you tonight is from the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, net zero climate policies will lead to the closure of an estimated 11,000 farms and another 17,000 will be forced to reduce their livestock numbers. Thousands of farms will be seized by the government. Farms that have been in the same family for generations. All in order to meet new climate goals by the year 2030. They say that farms are emitting too much nitrogen. But they conveniently forget to mention that nitrogen promotes tree growth. What we are actually witnessing in the Netherlands is nothing short of a tyrannical land grab. It's just like the story of Naboth in the Bible. Naboth was faced with an evil king and queen, but his courageous words are recorded for us in 1 Kings chapter 21 and verse 3. The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Naboth, of course, paid for his bravery with his life. I'm reminded tonight of someone else who was wrongfully put to death. And that, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 3, verse 13, we read, The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. If your sins have never been blotted out, If you have never repented of them, now would be a good time to do so. In light of what may be coming down the line. You see, tyranny is built plank by plank. And the best way to resist it is with God on your side. As Paul said in Romans chapter 8 verse 31, If God be for us, who can be against us? So there is a war against farming in the Netherlands. But that's just the Netherlands, right? Wrong. Let me give you another example. Let me take you to the Republic of Ireland tonight, just across the border. Because officials south of the border are proposing to cut the national dairy herd by 10%. That will mean a cull of 65,000 cows a year for three years. 200,000 perfectly healthy animals slaughtered for no good reason. There are only two words for this. Pure evil. You see, the cattle under threat in the south of Ireland do not belong 
to the government there, but they belong to God. Psalm 50 verse 10 reminds us, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. The hymn writer put it like this, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. He owns the rivers and the rocks and rills, the sun and stars that shine. Wonderful riches more than tongue can tell. He is my father, so they're mine as well. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know that he will care for me. In its early days, Dallas Theological Seminary was in critical need of $10,000 to keep the work going. During a prayer meeting, renowned Bible teacher Harry Ironside, a lecturer at the school, prayed, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Please sell some of those cattle to help us meet the need. Shortly after the prayer meeting, a check for $10,000 arrived at the school, sent days earlier by a friend who had no idea of the urgent need or of Mr. Ironside's prayer. The man simply said the money came from the seal of some of his cattle. So whether you are a farmer or not tonight, if you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, you have no reason to fear the future. We've all heard, I'm sure, about how the Bank of England has raised interest rates 13 times to try to curtail inflation. But the reality is that what they've done hasn't made one blind bit of difference to the situation. It was Albert Einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results. Perhaps I'm speaking tonight to someone who's genuinely concerned about paying the mortgage or about paying the energy bill on your farm. Well, I want to encourage you tonight by saying that if you are a child of God, you need not fear. You see, the Lord Jesus promised in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills owns the hills too. And he will care for you and bring you home to heaven at the end of life's journey. Cattle are mentioned 133 times in the Bible. They are mentioned three times in the very first chapter of the Bible. We read there that God made cattle after their kind and saw that it was good. A few chapters later, we are introduced to the first cattle farmer, a man called Jabal. He's described in Genesis 4 verse 20 as the father of such as have cattle. In the book of Jonah, the Lord explains that one reason why he spared Nineveh was because there was much 
Cattle. Cattle not only provide us with essentials such as milk and butter, but they also contribute to drought resistance, soil health and wildfire reduction. You would think that the Irish government would be offering protection to these animals that are so beneficial in so many different ways, but sadly this is not the case. So a war against farming looms in the Republic of Ireland. But that's just the Republic, right? Wrong. North of the border, things are not much better. The Ulster Farmers Union estimates that more than 500,000 cattle and about 700,000 sheep would need to be lost in order for the province to meet its climate targets. A small herd of cattle is currently being used by the National Trust to help the Mourne Mountains recover from the devastating wildfire of 2021. I'm sure we all heard about it at the time. The six cows will chomp through the dominant purple moorgrass that has sprung up since the fire, providing the space for native plants and heather to return. But it's hard to get your head around the fact that these same animals are in danger of being destroyed by the climate zealots who worship at the shrine of net zero. But then did not... The Saviour say in John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief cometh for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He was speaking, of course, about Satan and the plan to cull thousands of healthy animals is certainly satanic. But you see, folks, there's more to the war that we're describing tonight than meets the eye. There is more to the war against farming than meets the eye. You see, it's actually a war on meat. Yes, this is a war on meat as well as a war on farming. The Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's newspaper and it warns us in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, now listen to the next part, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So those who are going after the cattle and the sheep, they are described in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Because they are going to remove the meat supply from the food chain. That's their goal. In Genesis chapter 9, the Lord tells Noah and his sons, Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat. For you. God commanded the Israelites to eat meat. In Exodus chapter 12, 
He said that every man was to kill a lamb, roast it and eat all of it with no leftovers. And then he told them that it would be an ordinance that they should eat this Passover lamb every year forever. The Lord Jesus Christ ate meat on a number of occasions. When he visited Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, he ate meat. Now, just in case some of you are confused, yes, it was the Lord Jesus Christ in Genesis chapter 18. He appeared to Abraham at the door of his tent in what's known as a Christophany. In Luke chapter 22, he ate the Passover lamb in the upper room and he promised to do so again after his second coming. No Jew could be a vegetarian at Passover. After his resurrection, the Lord Jesus ate meat in the presence of his disciples. On another occasion, Jesus prepared a meal for his disciples, a meal of bread and fish. You see, folks, when we sing the song, Come and dine, the Master calleth, come and dine, it is to a table spread with meat, not celery and almond butter. The latest, most up-to-date scientific evidence is that meat is very good for the human body. It provides lots of other nutrients that your body needs, like iodine, iron, zinc, vitamins, especially vitamin B12, and essential fatty acids. However, if the likes of Bill Gates has his way, We'll all be eating meat created in a lab. You see, Satan always has a counterfeit for the real thing. Maybe you're saying tonight, well, that's just conspiracy theory. Well, it's amazing how many conspiracy theories come true. People would have said that Noah was a conspiracy theorist. Telling the people around him that it was going to rain, that, it was, that there was going to be a flood. They needed to take refuge in the ark. It had never ever rained before. Noah, you're just a conspiracy theorist. But whenever it started to rain, they no longer called him a conspiracy theorist. What's happening to farmers today? It's just another step towards the UN Agenda 2030 goals. The aim is to destroy farming and other self-sufficient occupations so that people will become more and more dependent on the state. And I want to tell you tonight, folks, we need targeted prayer against this evil. And we need to pray that it will not come to fruition. On the 21st of June 2018, Greta Thunberg quoted an eminent scientist in her Twitter feed as saying that the continued use of fossil fuels would wipe out humanity within five years. 
Now that was on the 21st of June 2018. You work it out, five years later was Wednesday past. Has the use of fossil fuels, the continued use of fossil fuels over the past five years wiped out humanity? Well, of course not. Surprise, surprise, the deadline came and went last Wednesday and the world is still standing. As Christians, we don't make wild predictions about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rather, we wait patiently in the knowledge that he will return. In his own good, perfect time, the Saviour will come again. He, after all, said in John chapter 14, If I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. My dear friend, tonight, make sure... You're ready for that deadline. We're going to turn to your final hymn. The day thou gavest, Lord, is ended. The darkness falls at thy behest. To thee our morning hymns ascended. Thy praise shall sanctify our rest. Let's stand. <laughs> 